Welcome to episode 71 of the Green Healthy Places podcast, in which we discuss the themes of well-being and sustainability in real estate and hospitality. Today, I'm in Australia talking to Stuart Moore, founder and CEO of EarthCheck, the world's leading scientific benchmarking certification and advisory group for sustainable travel and tourism. EarthCheck helps tourism businesses and destinations become more sustainable through certification, consulting, training and software solutions. Their mission is to provide the tools needed to measure environmental impact and ultimately to make business decisions that save money, resources and the planet. Their clients range from leading destinations and multinationals to local governments and small business owners. A few of the more recognizable brand names to give you an idea would include Melia, Banyan Tree, Kersner International, they're the owners of one and only, and many others. Stuart himself has over 30 years of experience in a wide range of disciplines from policy development, tourism, destination management and marketing, sustainability, risk management and corporate and social responsibility. So Stuart, it's a real honor. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks, Matt. Absolute pleasure to be with you. Perhaps we could start with with this one. Obviously, you know, the, the sustainable certifications, green hotels, resorts, Tourism operators, destinations, events, and real estate developers all under your your bracket. But there are a number of options out there nowadays, and possibly even a confusing number. So for people who are not quite sure where to start, what would you describe as the main drivers behind the particular system that you've set up and your certification? Is it is it more about the knowledge and insight? required and getting to the is it more about the journey or do you think is it ultimately it's the formal recognition and the destination of the certification how do you see your stance on that compared to this plethora of options out there in the market today yeah so so i think i agree with you firstly there's a sea of labels and they're all well intentioned but at one end of the spectrum you've got tick box labels there with, without software and at the other end you've got programs like EarthCheck, which i guess we see ourselves as leading edge science we have dedicated software platforms developed for our clients. And probably most importantly, um, we've got real people, relationship managers who are there, dedicated there to supporting our clients on their journeys. Look, I, I think all the above are really important. Um, people, post-COVID, we've become connected as a world and uh, we are much more aware now of the need to address climate change and environmental management and also to reconnect with our, our local surroundings. So. You have an expectation for market. They're looking for more. They have an expectation that operators um, have good systems. And the whole, whole reason they work with EarthCheck is it's not just the robustness of the system, but they've got transparency in what they're doing. And they've got someone they can trust in helping them on that journey. So it should be a little bit about celebration too. So it's about what the market expects. The market also is expecting more in terms of compliance and reporting. This is particularly picked up post-COVID. Uh, and if we're really being honest about it, it should really be that celebration. You know, we don't want to demonise um, operators or tourism. It's about seeing to be doing good for the planet and good for the business. Because, of course, you know, a, a hotel brand, for example, starting out on that journey, um, they're looking at a number of different schemes and EarthCheck itself, then, how would you define it as being, are there anything in particular that distinguishes it from others? Are, there, are all these certifications more or less doing the same thing? Because it can be quite a minefield trying to figure out, well, you know, is it geographically specific? For example, if it's a project in Asia Pacific, you're obviously very strong there. 
and you might have others that are perhaps stronger in the US, for example. So how do yeah. you how do you advise businesses to try and get to the right partner? Because it, it can be it can be difficult. Look, it can be. Um, and I guess that the whole way the EarthCheck platform was built was built as an international standard. So and if you look at, you know, traditionally Agenda 21 and the key sustainable issues facing the planet, they're the same. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. But certainly our platform has been designed to take into consideration geography and climate um, across 32 sectors. We're a holistic standard, which makes us quite different to anyone else in the market. So we, we have a design, we look at design and construction, we look at operational performance, and we're also looking at refurbishment and also training capacity building. So we can meet all elements of, of what our company or a hotel chain needs. And I guess the science is important. So we're underpinned by very deep science. We, we've got one of the deepest data sets for operational performance in the world. That's been developed over a 25 year period. And the software program developed means that we can service our clients and software is so important, making things easier to collect, to collate, and report on your data. So for us, the whole development of the platform is to meet the requirements. Doesn't mean you're, whether you're in Mumbai or Zurich, we're able to meet the requirements in market. And of course, we also do that in language. So we we provide the platform in over seven languages online, um, 24-7. For me, one of the most interesting things about discovering what you're up to is, is how you've managed to bridge different let's say, subsectors within the tourism industry. So there might be those players out there who really just focus on certifying hotels, but you've you've branched out. And I think there is this universality to the concepts, but for the, to the key values and concepts behind a sustainability plan that can be applied to a range of, of different sectors. And you've done that. You've rolled it out effectively. You haven't limited yourself to hotels and resorts. You've really taken a, a broader approach. How much Dif how, mu how many differences are there between whether you're looking at a, a small business owner, a restaurant, a hospitality operation, or a, or a larger chain? How do those different schemes adapt to the size and, and particularities of each business? And how much is it really a universal standard so that you know those same principles just applied with slight adaptations? Yeah, so I guess the fundamental things actually remain the same. Um, so it doesn't mean if you're a little operator or a big, big operator, we're looking at making sure you've got the right policies and plans and train. It is true, it doesn't matter whether you're a train uh, or a convention centre, it comes back to you can't manage what you don't measure. So the whole program is comes back to the basics on what the operational footprint of the business that we're working with. And, and that will differ because obviously trains have a different energy set and a waste set to, than a hotel. But we have key uh, reporting indicators that will differ for each of those products. But the fundamentals don't change in terms of the steps. Still comes back to working with you and understanding your footprint, providing the ability to understand what that looks like uh, in terms of your operational performance, um, and then moving through that so that you can develop a plan that meets your outcomes, uh, whether it's as a small operator. So it doesn't have to be an over-complex environmental management system, or if you're a very big convention centre, then the expectations are uh, that you've actually got a very comprehensive management plan to support you. But the fundamentals, the little the steps, tend to be the same. I think it's such an important point because you know it really 
often I, people ask, you know, how do we start or does this apply to us or, or what should we be doing on sustainability? And my answer, sometimes I feel, sort of, look, we should all be doing everything at once. And we can't obviously do it all at once, but you have to start. You have to try. And it's not about just being a hotel business, as you say. It really is anyone out there at the moment who's who's yep. contributing to the tourism industry in some way. It, it's just starting that process, isn't it? And it's getting on the track. And I think you guys provide that. You, you provide the guidance and a sense of, of uh, a process and a plan that can really be extremely comforting and remove a lot of that anxiety around well, are we doing the right thing are we doing are we prioritizing the right points early on in the phase and what have you so within that obviously the design of structures buildings is is a particular interest uh, from my world in in real estate i've been mm-hmm. studying for your earth check design accredited professional recently i've still got to do the actual exam but i have done the work that's one of my summer list of to-dos. But perhaps you could give us a description in terms of, of that. So the the, the BDS, the Building Planning and Design Standard that you've created. And then also this interesting adjunct around the accredited professionals, which I think is a really worthy scheme as well. So perhaps you could tell us a bit about that. Okay, so so we've got a number of standards, uh, and one of which is our Building Planning and Design Standard. And the standard was put together uh, based on world best practice to have a look at how we measure the sustainability in the design, construction, in fact, the operation uh, of a building. Um, and most importantly, a part of that is actually having our design accredited professionals. So we recognise right from day one, we need some partners, technical experts who we can who can work with our clients to actually assist them to move the projects along to meet the design standard. Um, and one of the fundamentals of that is, is that it's a simple thing that often on a site, um, often you don't have technical or your professionals aren't all working together to one plan. And so the whole process is about bringing it back to one common denominator in reporting to each other and in terms of a set of clear criteria. That design standard um, is actually now uh, globally uh, presented. So I just mentioned before, the standard is consistent across the world, but obviously the criteria may well differ depending upon climate zone and also the ecosystem and the biodiversity of which you're building that site. And so the, the role of the, the accredited professional, as I see it, is a facilitator between, they're almost like the bridge, right, between the project yep. themselves and the project team. So it's a, a, a sort of neutrally positioned consultant who is facilitating that process. I think that's key because, again, yep. it's it's understanding both what the project team requirements are where their skill sets are and often there isn't that character there isn't that sustainability player in the mix although often the the architecture companies that i end up collaborating with they have an increasing awareness of sustainability i think uh, increasingly it's becoming part of their day-to-day work and but if you're going for a specific certification you need an expert in that and that's the bridge right that's the role of the of the ap to, to help the architect and design team and the project team understand the process they're required to go through to achieve the accreditation, right? Exactly. Um, and I guess the key thing is it's a partnership because we learn just as much as, as in fact, the design teams often do by having by working with technical experts in different disciplines. There's also then the flip side to that, which is around the, the custom software that you mentioned. And, you know, that that's often the reality of running these projects once they're 
uh, built and operational, it's then so much down to creating good data and knowing what to do with that data so that you're able to see what's happening uh, in real time. So you've gone down that path. Uh, again, it's, it's you've really got this sort of 360 approach, but for anyone who's not sure about the role of, of such software in managing a sustainability plan and the operational phase of a business, perhaps you could explain how your software facilitates that and makes it um, yeah, an easier process. Yeah, um, I mean, so I guess the, the software platform has been built um, over a 10-year period. So anyone who does work in software will, t will tell you that it's an ongoing process of updating your code and also making it more functional to meet market needs. But ultimately, the whole software program allows us to service clients. So the client has 24-7 access, particularly really important in helping them to understand how they, how they collect their data, how that's collated, and how that data can be reported back to them. Um, so the software itself has a number of templates. So for each of the issues we're asking, there's also a template to provide guidance in terms of where to look for that data and how actually to understand what that information is, is providing back to you. So it can it actually can map against your, your targets. It gives you an understanding then of how to map your performance against your peers and market, so competitive set, and the wider market. So what we're trying to say to people is, where are you currently positioned? Where are the options for rooms for improvement? And I think that's a core part of, of, of the program. That software package also allows us to actually include uh, reporting mechanisms right throughout the project. Um, because for each stage, there's a reporting part, right from your policies and plans that need to be reviewed right down to the benchmarking data. And then it is a core part of the project that we want people to communicate both internally and externally about what they've achieved. And that's the part of the program where there's an audit and certification component. So the, cert the software covers every element of the design and cert certification process. There's often a worry that one can feel almost drowned in the, the weight and the responsibility of, of, of you know, taking on this sustainability task and it can seem like a mountain. You know, how do we gather all this data? And then what do we do with all the data? And I think the point here is that, you know, it is it is in fact a well-trodden path. We know what we need to go and track down. Yep. We know how to get hold of it. And it can be tricky at the beginning, but once you start putting that data in and, and feeding quality data into a software like yours, then effectively, you know, the software does a lot of that extra work in terms of extrapolating the reports, in terms of giving you an understanding of how you're comparing against others in your market. And so... So much of it comes down to that data. Perhaps we could just talk a little bit about you know, what typically that's requiring, what the big sort of energy, waste, water management systems are and how one goes about beginning that process for someone who's not already up to it. Yeah, look, it's, it's a good good question. And what the software does, it, it, we've got um, a range of booklets and resource materials. So the, the key part of the program is at no stage you, should you be wondering, oh, I don't know what to do next, because there's a guide there and also the templates to say, look, if you're just starting, this is where you need to go to look for the data and this is where that data needs to be collected. Um, and not surprisingly, you know, there are 10 core performance areas. Um, we're trying to get an understanding of your greenhouse gas emissions and to do that, we really go for some deep dives and it doesn't matter if you're a, you know, a, a Airbnb or a restaurant or a hotel, we're looking at particularly your energy across the business. And, and that's going to differ uh, depending on how complex your business is, 
whether you've got pools and whether you've got um, activity sets that sit outside the building. So energy is mission critical. Uh, and not surprisingly, one thing we do in tourism, we create a lot of waste. Um, so waste is really important in terms of uh, what part of the business is creating the waste? Often that's your kitchens, but it could well be uh, what's going to landfill. And all, we want all of that measured. Um, being honest about it, we, you never get to a point where you've got all the data that you need. So we've got to start out with where the, the data is currently available and then to build that over time. So often first year is just getting your basics down, your water, your waste and your energy, uh, and also starting to map out the sorts of things that we'd normally ask in terms of social and cultural criteria. So it really is triple bottom line reporting. And if we don't have those things, then the idea is that as we move forward in our benchmarking, we're creating a database that you can build over time. Um, so the 10 criteria, other than looking at your water waste energy and your greenhouse gases, it's also critically looking uh, at things like how we use our pesticides, the control of, of waste uh, on site, and particularly bunding where you've got swimming pools and the use of chemicals, quite comprehensive uh, and all of it gives you the criteria and support in terms of, as I said before, how you, how you, where you find the data and how that needs to be put into the system. Again, I think a really worthwhile point reiterating that it, it doesn't have to be perfect from day one. But just please start and, and begin that journey, begin the process, because it does get easier as you get into it, because you start to refine it, you start to figure things out, and it can feel like such a huge task at the beginning. But if you if you can just begin, <laughs> slowly, slowly, it starts to, to fall into place. And, and over time, I think that's that's where it starts to get really interesting around um, really refining the data further. And wh where would you typically see... Earthgate getting involved in that process then for a client that's you know aware that they haven't really begun the sustainability journey in earnest would you see Earthcheck getting involved early on and being a partner from the beginning or do typically businesses do some of the work up front for themselves and then they get to a point where that okay we need a bit more structure in place here it's time to look at bringing in a certification scheme and having a bit more of a, of a rigid format or at what point in that journey do you typically see Earthcheck being called upon to help out? Oh, look, I think right from the beginning. Um, so what we try to do is just sit down with clients and get a feeling for where they're currently positioned, um, what they're trying to achieve, um, what resources they've got. And even with the, the certification product, we've, we've got very simple stepping stones you can start with. Our evaluate product is, is really about the basics. So let's just look at the basics first, and that gives... And, and you'll know through the design standard, we also have an ability just, just simply to put out some questions at the beginning in terms of what processes and procedures you currently have in place. Once people do that, it's much easier then to understand where they are in the journey. And sometimes people are much more advanced than, in fact, they thought they were. And in other cases, they just need a little bit of time. And I think part of our role is then obviously to support them with resources and toolkits perhaps some training or at least to provide them with examples of, of how other operators, the same size as them, um, go about in, in the planning and, and design process or the collection of data. So I think our role really is to make sure that all of them, it doesn't matter what stage you're in, we're, we're there to support you. And in time, um, we'd love you to be a member, but that doesn't always happen like that from day one. Where are you seeing the most growth then in the market at the moment around these uh, you know, clients signing up for 
a sustainability pathway. Is there are there particular trending sectors within the industry that are emerging? And perhaps the flip side to that is where are you seeing perhaps the greatest opportunities or the untapped markets? There must be with your sort of your overview. I'm sure you can see. Wait a minute, that that area is just ripe for for a, a, you know a, a bit of a push in terms of sustainability. And, and I guess there must be some that are really flourishing and already growing, right? Yeah, so there's there's always been market leaders, but you know it is true in our field there's the old bell shaped curve. So there were always market leaders, and to be honest about it, traditionally they're the people that we've always worked with because they had a really clear vision for what they were trying to achieve. And they've got a really big hump in the middle, which is classically tourism, where you have the majority of operators, unless there's a requirement to take action, were comfortable just to go along with a small a small pace. So. What we're finding post-COVID, as I mentioned before, we now have very clear uh, compliance standards starting to happen, particularly from the banks in a reporting perspective and all economies, particularly in Europe with the EU. So that big hump in the middle is now moving quite considerably forward in terms of uh, understanding they now need to actually have, have collected that data, be reporting in a transparent fashion and being able to understand what their footprint is because whether they like it or not, in their supply chain, and that's through their clients, and often the foot soldiers for sustainability were often your business clients, um, are now asking, I need to report back to the to work if we're going to stay with you, or I've got procurement and RFPs that now require me to do things. So we've got all that big hump in the middle is now moving forward. So there are a lot of operators now who have a heightened interest. Uh, part of that's compliance, part of that is a market expectation, whether on leisure or business, and part of it also is is about there's a little there's a, some incentives in market to help people move along. It's a pretty exciting time. I've been in sustainability a long time, over thirty years, and um, for, for the first time ever, I've, I've seen a, a heightened interest across market of the need to do something. Yeah, I think it is a very positive message that you're you're communicating, and, and it is an exciting time. There, there is a change taking place whereby yeah it's just becoming more mainstream conversations going around this whereas i think even sort of yeah five five or six years ago perhaps less so even i'm able to see that but i I was also interested in your the research institute which in a sense for me is am i right in thinking it's almost sort of you know peering down the looking glass in terms of really what's coming in a decade down the line right it's having that kind of resource within your your stable just looks like, wow, what a privilege to be able to have people who are really just sort of, yeah, exactly digging into the market and trying to understand the dynamics out there. So perhaps you could tell us what some of its current focused areas are and, and how they relate back to the, the core products and services of EarthCheck itself. Yeah, so I guess, um, you know, EarthCheck actually was a, is a, um, a child of a cooperative research centre. So it's come from a research uh, centre, which was traditionally managed by the Australian government. So uh, when uh, EarthCheck uh, became a, a, a profit-for-purpose uh, type company, we retained and established a not-for-profit research centre to support us, and we, we maintain the same professors. We've added professors to it. Um, the current chair of that is, is Professor David Simmons in New Zealand, and the role of, of the EarthCheck Research Centre is to two things. Um, one, give us leading research, because the market's moving so fast. Um, you can never ever feel comfortable that you're covering all aspects of either technology or consumer trends. Um, 
we talk about the ERI as being solving tomorrow, tomorrow's problems today. So it won't surprise you that we still have very active uh, projects looking at water. I mean, water still potable water is still the biggest issue facing the planet. Um, simple things like how how we manage water uh, and how that reticulation is managed in an operation. A lot of work has been done on just discussing the whole issue of that regenerative tourism. We've just developed a paper on regenerative tourism, but more particularly, what would be the performance measures that you would put, uh, scientific performance measures, to demonstrate that you've, whether it's a destination or a development, it actually has regenerative outcomes. And so the first of those papers has just been prepared. It's pretty exciting because regenerative tourism is really the next stepping stone for where sustainability you know, is giving back and being taken forward. Um, and look, the team is also doing quite a lot of work in, and more particularly on climate change. Um, this, this is going to relate back to the design standard because we know particularly in, in tropical countries, extreme weather events are going to continue. So we're looking at a lot of the design, fabrication of buildings and materials that are being used and particularly where that sits into the, the circular economy on how we, are, we make buildings that have less waste but also are more effective and efficient in terms of the climate. So that's, that's been, that's there, the current projects. Um, risk and resilience is, is a key one, helping people understand how they not just understand um, the challenges, but how that is factored into your operational and design principles. I think it's it's a fundamental part of, of how you've set up your your little empire there around having really this sort of a, a brain of researchers out there feeding in that then informs the work that you're doing around the certifications. So you're not operating in a bubble. You're operating in a manner that is is informed by your own in-house research. I think it's a really interesting setup that, that you created there. It's, it just gives such a extra layer of substance then to the work that happens at the certification level or the the, the business the, the building design level because you really get a sense of well look, this is all being informed by work done by leading academics in the field and i think it's it's something that i don't see with a lot of other with most other businesses out there and that's some a key point that i found yeah when doing the research into what you're up to it just seems like a really viable and uh, admirable model that you've created. And I also saw that you've also got sort of various representatives around the world. So if people are interested in in connecting with EarthCheck or want to begin that, that conversation, does it all go through Australia or do you then end up with, I saw there was a representative in Spain, for example, where I live. So how does yeah. that network of ambassadors, how do they play into things? Um, okay, so basically um, they are in market to speak in language and service our clients. So I'd love to think we could do that um, from where I'm located in Brisbane, but you really do need people in market that you can refer back to. So they all are there to, to support. They're our relationship managers. Um, so uh, as you mentioned, uh, Barcelona, we're now in Northern Italy. Uh, we've been in Mexico for some 20 years, Toronto in, in, in Canada. Um, so the whole idea is that they, it's partly about servicing our clients in market and also about making sure that we've got ears in market to understand, because the EU particularly is dramatically moving forward fast, particularly the EU policy environment on ESG reporting. So, you know, the only way you can keep up to speed of that is having people in market and, and they're the best people to go to because um, they, they provide me advice on what's happening every day across the world. 
it's a it's a really great setup you've created there. A lot of work, thirty years of dedication. So uh, much respect to, for everything you've done. Thank you so much for your time. I'm going to be respectful of your your calendar, but it's been a really insightful conversation. We'll uh, include links to the to your various websites and social media channels in the show notes. Stuart, thank you once again. Oh, Matt, lovely to speak with you, and a bit of luck. Look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you.